Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wednesday, August 9th, 2017, here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Uh, We are one day away from the first preseason game of the year for the Patriots. So we are taking a look at that. We're breaking down what are we expecting from that first preseason game. What have we seen in training camp so far? We've also got some news breaking that Vince Wilfork will be retiring as a member of the Patriots today, uh, later on this afternoon on Wednesday. And we'll also be talking with uh, Alex Barth of CLNSmedia.com about Various things. What has he taken away from training camp so far? What is he expecting from game one? And what does he think about this Tom Brady concussion story? All that and more here on the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media Network. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Welcome, everybody, to the Patriots Beat Podcast, episode number 206 here on CLNS Media Network. You guys can follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media. You can also follow us on Twitter at Patriots underscore beat. Uh, I'm Michael Andre here. We've got a great show for you guys. We are one day away from the first preseason game, the preseason opener, the official start to the football season for the New England Patriots. And we're excited. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. The Patriots have had joint practices with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who will be their opponent tomorrow night. Um, They had joint practices on Monday and Tuesday of this week. A lot of good stuff out of there. We're going to talk with uh, our good buddy Alex Barth of CLNSmedia.com a little later on in the show about what he saw and what he thought of the joint practices and training camp as a whole. We'll talk about that. Uh, We've also got some news. Uh, Vince Wilfork retiring from the NFL. Uh, He's going to make his retirement announcement uh, later on today at Gillette Stadium and uh, you would assume retire as a member of the Patriots. So that's great to hear. We'll talk a little bit about Vince Wilfork and his career and uh, we'll we'll finish off with a little bit, a couple thoughts on the uh, the Tom Brady concussion story that that broke um, not too long ago, maybe over the weekend. Um, Tom Brady won't say to anybody that he had concussions. He's saying that you know my medical history is private. Don't ask me about it. All that um, we all remember. G- Giselle, his wife, came out and said on on TV that you know oh yeah Tom's had concussions. She was kind of nonchalant about it. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well and the backlash that that has uh, received as well. So, I mean, let's get started right away. Let's talk about um, joint practices between the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New England Patriots. Um, By all accounts, the New England Patriots are dominating 
these joint practices. I mean, um, Tom Brady's looked on fire. Brandon Cooks has been beating everybody. He's been making one-handed catches left and right, catches in the back of the end zone. Um, Tuesday in particular for Rob Gronkowski, uh, every report that I saw was that Rob Gronkowski was an absolute monster at Tuesday's joint practice. So, I mean, things are looking good on the offensive side of the ball. There's no question about it. I mean, we haven't heard much about the running back position, and that's a position that I think we're all kind of curious how that's going to shake out. Is Mike Gillisley going to win the job? Is James White going to take that next step and become the lead back? Um, where's Dion Lewis at? We also have Rex Burkhead coming into the mix and all this stuff. So um, I think that's a very interesting position. We haven't heard much out of there. But, you know, there are still plenty of other things that we can watch during training camp. I mean, um, the, the, the cornerback battle, for one, has been very exciting to watch. A lot of different guys have been stepping up at the cornerback position. I mean, obviously you've heard, you know, Stephon Gilmore has played well. Malcolm Butler has looked good. Um, but you've also heard guys like... Um, Cyrus Jones, who is kind of starting to make an impact on special teams, and you know he dropped the first punt of the year and uh, needs to prove himself and all that stuff. And then there's also all the, the, all the rookie corners that have all the undrafted rookies, and we all know Bill Belichick's history with undrafted rookies. Um, so the cornerback position has been especially fun to watch. The defensive, the front seven has been fun to watch. I mean, getting to see guys like uh, Harvey Lange, the the rookie that you've got there at linebacker, uh, Dietrich Wise and Derek Rivers, the the two rookies you have on the defensive line who have been getting some considerable snaps lately. Um, it's good to watch. It's nice to see those guys out there getting reps. Uh, Derek Rivers had reps with the first team defense uh, in on Tuesday's joint practice against the Jaguars. So. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to watch, a lot of good stuff to see. Uh, we're going to ask, like I said before, we're going to ask Alex Barth of CLNS Media Network uh, what he thought of the two days of joint practices leading up to uh, the Patriots and Jaguars. will have a walkthrough together today before their preseason opener tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. So so what are we expecting from this game on uh, on Thursday night, tomorrow night, Thursday Night Football? Preseason opener for the Patriots. Well, we're not likely to see many of the 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 stars of the team or probably only if if we see the first team offensive unit it will be for one series at the very beginning of the game um whether it's three plays or five plays or whatever i don't think we'll be seeing seeing much of them i don't think we'll really see much of them at all i think it'll probably be mostly the jimmy garoppolo jacoby Brissett show tomorrow night um which is still fine because there's things that need to be worked out that don't necessarily have to do with the offense. I already mentioned the third cornerback spot needs to kind of start getting worked out. The guys who are going to be battling for that spot because you're not going to see Butler, you're not going to see Gilmore, I doubt, you know, a lot of the defensive starters you won't see either. So guys like Harvey Longy are going to have to step up. Guys like Derek Rivers and Dietrich Wise are going to get legitimate playing time to see, you know, how, how, how do they look in the NFL against NFL competition? Uh, all these rookie corners that we're talking about. Also, guys like Cyrus Jones. He's going to need to do some things in the preseason this year to uh, to open some eyes and, and get lock him up a roster spot. So uh, there's a lot of things that we can look for in this first preseason game, even though you know a lot of us aren't that excited because, hey, there's not going to be that many marquee players playing and who wants to watch a game with a bunch of scrubs? Well, I mean... This is this this is the battles for the the bottom half of the roster right here. This is the guys who are going to be battling throughout the rest of training camp for those spots, and uh, I think it's worth it to pay attention to. Really, I mean, especially at corner, especially at you know the the those front seven positions where we've got a couple new defensive linemen, a couple new linebackers in the mix, guys that are going to be 
getting some work in. So just because you can't watch the stars out there doesn't mean uh, that you shouldn't watch the game, right? So um, moving on, let's talk a little bit about Vince Wilfork because Vince Wilfork um, is retiring from the NFL. He's retiring presumably as a member of the Patriots. I mean, later on today, he will be having a press conference. I believe it's set for noon, which is right after the Jaguars-Patriots walk through there. Um, He's going to be addressing the media at noon to to announce his retirement formally in uh, in, at Gillette Stadium so presumably he would retire as a member of the Patriots he did spend 10 of his 13 years here was obviously we all know drafted in the first round back in 2004 and it was a phenomenal player for the Patriots through all those years really I mean at the end he was starting to suffer with those injury issues but he was still a very productive player for his position um I've seen a lot of talk floating around about uh, Hall of Fame status. Is, is Vince Wilfork a Hall of Famer? Um, and, you know, it's that position is always so difficult to judge because, you know, unless you're a guy like a pass-rushing defensive tackle who can get sacks and things like that, the stats don't really show up for a guy like Vince Wilfork. You know what I'm saying? Like, Vince Wilfork was just a mountain of a man he took up two defenders, I mean two blockers, on every single possession, every time he was on the field. Um, he didn't necessarily get a ton of tackles. He didn't necessarily get a ton of sacks. But he was a serious cog in that Patriots defensive line for, like I said, 10 years. I mean, is he a Hall of Famer? I couldn't say that. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame player. I think, he, I think he's without question a Patriots Hall of Famer. I think that's no doubt about that. And he'll be in the Patriots Hall of Fame eventually. But uh, a pro football Hall of Famer, uh, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure about that. But still, I mean, he was a great player for 10 years. He's going to retire as a member of the Patriots. He he may or may not have his number retired one day. I mean, he was a key Patriots player. Um, Definitely, like I said, definitely a Patriots Hall of Famer. I think there's no question about that. And uh, it's great to have him back. It really is. It's great to have him retire as a member of the Patriots. I was upset when he left. I didn't want him to, to go you know, play for a different team and things like that. He went down to Houston and uh, played a couple years down there. I wasn't I wasn't really thrilled about that. I would have rather him just had retired, you know, as a member of the Patriots back then or had just, you know, taken a much lesser role, lesser money, whatever, and stayed as a kind of a mentor-type deal for these younger defensive linemen that the Patriots have now. But still, I mean, you know, that was just that's just a personal preference of mine. Uh, he's one of those guys, like, uh, like Teddy Bruschi, like, you know, uh, Ty Law, guys like that, guys who you think like, oh, I really couldn't see them in another team's uniform. Obviously, Ty Law played for other teams. I'm saying, um, you know, Teddy Bruschi didn't, uh, guys like that, guys that you picture as Patriots. You know, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a guy who, despite what everyone says, that like Belichick will get rid of him if he wants to keep playing and all that stuff, I could never see Tom Brady playing in another team's uniform. I just couldn't see it. I couldn't see at the time, Vince Wilfork playing in another team's uniform. I just thought he was he was number 75 for the Patriots. That was Vince Wilfork. Uh, same with, like I said, Teddy Bruschi, guys like that. So uh, it's good to have him back. It's definitely good to have him back uh, here as a member of the Patriots retiring for the final time. So uh, look, let's take a quick break right here. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Alex Barth of CLNSmedia.com. Uh, We're going to get his thoughts on what he's seen from training camp so far this year over the first couple weeks. Uh, What is he expecting for uh, Thursday night's game? And uh, what does he think about Tom Brady and all this concussion talk and things like that? So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Alex Barth. 
Every employer knows that a crucial part of any successful business is hiring the right employees. But posting a job in one place isn't enough to find those quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job to all of the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017, post your job to 200 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with just a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch the qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Now you can quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses nationwide. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter.com for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com sportsfan. One word, sportsfan. One more time to try for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. All right, and we are here with Alex Barth, the host of the Patriots pregame show here on CLNS Media Network. Uh, how's it going, Alex? What's up? Good. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. We are, uh, we're now getting ready for the first preseason game coming up in a couple of days. Uh, there will finally be play on the field. We'll finally see it. You tell me you didn't watch the Hall of Fame game? That doesn't count? I certainly did uh, not watch the Hall of Fame game, no way. Uh, but, I mean, it's going to be the same basic idea for this this first preseason game, right? I mean, we're not going to see anybody of consequence on the field for the Patriots on Thursday, are we? No, I, I can't imagine so, which is kind of a bummer. I'm hoping they'll send the, the top offense out for one series because I'd love to see Brady and Cooks. I can't imagine that we do. The running backs, maybe, because they need to get that thing sorted out. Outside of that, I wouldn't expect to see much of the first team. What about uh, kick and punt returning? I've kind of been harping on this for the past couple weeks now. Uh, obviously, Cyrus Jones was, was a total disaster last year. I think we can all agree on that. Um, so coming into this year, I was saying, suggesting someone like Danny Amendola. And uh, if he is going to step into that role, he would he would definitely need reps in the preseason, wouldn't you think? No, he, I would be shocked if he plays in the preseason. They're letting him get practices. I would be shocked if he plays in this game. I don't think we know who the first-string kick returner is. Because Jones has been great in camp. Uh, they've given Jonathan Jones looks. They've given Rex Burkhead looks. Yeah, you're going to see, you're probably going to see some guys, some of these names if they play a kick returner. I'd love to see them give Cooks a look. Maybe not in the first preseason game, but at some point this season with his wheels. But Jones dropped the first punt at camp, threw his helmet in the woods, and since then hasn't dropped one. So I think as of right now, it's his job to lose because if you saw this kid in college, I mean, he is just. One hell of an athlete with the ball. I don't want to say he's Tyron Matthew because nobody's Tyron Matthew, but he was probably the best I've seen since the kid was electric with the ball in his hands. He deserves another shot on what he did in college. Now, if he comes out this year and starts dropping punts early, like short, short leash, but uh, it should be his job. And I think the preseason is the perfect time to test and see if he's over last year's uh, last year's mental lapses. Because it was mental last year. It wasn't physical. It was mental. The NFL lights are a little too bright for him. Yeah, I totally agree 100% on that. I mean, especially by the end of the year. I mean, it was it was entirely in his head. Oh, yeah. No, he's got David Price brain. The lights got a little too big for him. And he freaked out. But we'll see. Now that he's had an offseason, he went back. He worked with Saban. He's worked with Belichick. If he can kind of put that all behind him. Because he is a game changer with the ball. Well, let's hope so for his sake. Um, so, for, on this team... Uh, for, there's really no battles for starting positions. I mean, there's so many players that are just already have their spots locked in. The main position battles that we look for in these training camp practices and things like that are for, like, the number three wide receiver, for example, or the number three slot corner. 
for example. So I guess my question to you is, who are you looking for to step into those roles? Like, who do you think can win that number three wide receiver spot? Uh, who do you think can win that slot corner spot in particular? Uh, who do you think can win, you know, the linebacker spot behind Dante Hightower and, and Landon Roberts? Uh, you know, who, who's going to step into these different roles? Well, I think the wide receiver will ultimately be decided by Brady. Based on the way they call their plays, it's not really a depth chart. It's more by formation. And Bill's going to throw the guys out there that Brady trusts. So that one, to me, you're not going to establish in the preseason. Now, the slot corner has probably been my favorite story to follow throughout camp. First of all, I'm a big Cyrus Jones guy, if you can't tell. I think he's in the mix. Jonathan Jones in the mix. Justin Coleman's in the mix. And those are all good players. But you have uh, three rookie corners, two specifically, and DJ Killings and Will Lightley, who have been great in camp, great in camp. And if you look at the Patriots' history in the last couple of years with undrafted corners, it's unheard of. There were 13 undrafted corners to start at least half their team's games last season, 13 undrafted corners. Five of those had multiple interceptions. Of those five guys, three, Sterling Moore, Craven LeBlanc, and Malcolm Butler, were given their start in the NFL by the New England Patriots. So what does this mean? It means Ernie Adams is a genius. It means that they have somehow figured out a way, one of the most expensive positions in football, where there is no talent. There are very few talented corners. They have figured out a way to find, not elite, but you know, starting caliber talent on what I like to call day four of the draft, by signing undrafted free agents. You have three of those guys in camp this year. Two of them have already looked good, and given... I think we can safely say Butler's on the way out next year. Um, they're going to be looking to fill that roster spot probably for cheap, given what they paid Gilmore. So keeping an eye on the undrafted corners for me, seeing if they can continue this run from, you know, it started with Sterling Moore to Malcolm Butler to Craven LeBlanc, who ultimately didn't stick with them, but had a good season last year for an otherwise Swiss cheese Bears defense. Um, and he's, he's going to look at a, a bigger role this year. I was very high on Craven LeBlanc. Seeing if they can continue that run of success at the undrafted corner spot, to me, is a big story role. And the fact it coincides with them needing a slot corner, I think, just lines up perfectly. Right. That's that's what I think makes that position so that position battle so interesting is that, I mean, besides wide receiver, cornerback might actually be the deepest position on the team talent-wise. I mean, you've obviously got the two guys at the top, Butler and Gilmore, but then there's still guys like Eric Rowe, Justin Coleman, like we've talked about, uh, Cyrus Jones needs to prove himself, obviously. Now, in my personal opinion, I think Cyrus Jones needs to prove himself on special teams before he can even think about contributing on defense. But, I mean, again, we'll see. But still, I think that this might be the deepest position on the team, which makes the position battle much more interesting to watch. I, I uh, think what gives Cyrus Jones the edge there, though, is because he's just going to be in the second year of his rookie deal, they're not going to cut him. It's too much money on the table. I would be shocked uh, if, if it's next year, you know, we're having a different conversation. But he's going to be given every chance to win either or both the kick return job and the, the slot corner job. Because he's not an outside corner. He's not big enough. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. I think that uh, I think that this is Cyrus Jones' year to prove himself with this team. If he does, that's great. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, I'm sure he'll get... Uh, another opportunity with another team, as you said before. I mean, there's not like there's a ton of depth talent-wise at corner league-wide. So, I mean, maybe he gets another opportunity somewhere else if it's not here. But um, uh, moving on to more, you know, team-wide training camp as a whole. Um, we've heard a lot so far about how you know Tom Brady is simpatico with Brandon Cooks. Uh, they're making connections all over the place. Earlier in the week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, the two joint practices. Uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, we heard, you know, Cooks is making all these incredible catches in the end zone, and 
Rob Gronkowski looks like his old self and all this stuff. I guess, uh, what are you looking for from this offense this year? What are you expecting? What are you hearing? Uh, what are you looking for? Right. I mean, it, it's been talked to death, right, the comparisons to 2007. I think that's where we're at. The only player we don't know right now is the second tight end. Everything else is locked in. We're just waiting on the rolls. You know, the last time any NFL team had this kind of established offense, it did great things. So, And then that was Denver a couple of years ago, and before that's Patriots. So it's just, can they live up to that 07 offense? Is Brady going to throw his age in touchdowns? Is he going to throw his age plus 10? Does he have a chance at Manning? Those are the questions for me. That, and I mean, really, the one thing that concerns me with the offense is Garoppolo continues to suck in practice. And the question is, does he suck, or is he just a bad practice player? Which is bizarre to think about. It's not the kind of guy you think Belichick would like, but he's still here. So, you know, seeing what he's doing and then just the way this offense is going to click. I mean, I, I could talk about the second tight end position, but... You know, I, I think they'll end up they'll end up keeping uh, O'Shaughnessy because they gave up the highest pick for him. They'll try to get Hollister on the practice squad. You know, that's that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that. I mean, this is the kind of problem that that this team has is that you know you're trying to figure out which players to stash on the practice squad. I mean, DJ Foster is another guy who usually gets stashed on the practice. I think squad. we're I think we're about done with DJ Foster. We've been hearing for two years how how supposedly good this kid is, and you know now David White, but. But they keep him on the practice squad when when they don't have him on the in, on the roster. He's on well, the he's practice not, squad. They keep him around. Not, he's not practice squad eligible anymore, and I don't think there's a roster spot. I just don't think there's a roster spot for him on this team because I as camp goes on, the more and more I think that they're going to actually keep Austin Carr. I don't think he's getting to the practice squad. I think he would get claimed. It's similar to the LeBlanc situation from last year. Do you not play him and hide him so other teams maybe don't want to sign him, but you need to play him for his development. And I think they're going to want Carr on the roster, especially considering they want to give Danny Amendola that limited role. And that's going to come from either tight end or running back. And I think you could see them keep two tight ends on the roster this year, even with Gronk's injury issues. Keep two tight ends and one reliable guy in the practice squad. And it's going to, it's going to be Gronk and Allen, and then see if you can uh, – I don't think you can get O'Shaughnessy on there, but whether you can slide Lengel on if he still has eligibility, which I actually don't believe he has – or Hollister, or you know, even Sam Cotton, just getting somebody on there just in case, because Gronk's probably not going to play 16 games, even if it's precautionary. Um, but I, I, I don't see them keeping Foster and letting Austin Carr go. He's, then, I mean- he's, he's earned his roster spot on any other team in the NFL at this point. They're just so loaded at that position. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. I mean, the, the Patriots and they had six Hawkins wide receivers. too. Remember, they had Hawkins too, and he retired. He retired for I mean, with good reason. I mean, he he, no, he, absolutely, he, he even but said it himself. I, he said, "I don't even think I can compete to to get a roster spot on this team." Right, and I I wanted them to keep him when they had him, but yeah, it was it's just, I don't want to say it's too much there because it's always good, but no, they're you know you're gonna have to fight for playing time at that position, especially with the way Brandon Cooks is playing. I mean, this guy. He's going to be a top-five wide receiver this year. Look, last year, him and Michael Thomas weren't happy playing together. They changed Brandon Cook's role. Cooks wasn't happy about that. They had to get rid of one of them. Uh, I'm not complaining, but the Saints got rid of the wrong guy. Thomas is good, but, I mean, there's other Mike Thomas. Not not as good as him, but there's other Michael Thomas-type guys in this league. Big body wide receiver, yeah. I, 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 I can't think of another guy in this league that has Brandon Cook's speed and his ability. There, I mean, there's a lot of 4-3 guys you can go get. You can go get Ted Ginn. But Ted Ginn's not going to make that catch Cooks made the other day in practice. Ted Ginn's not going to cut on a dime like Brandon Cooks does. I mean, this, this ain't screwed this one up bad. 
And I think they expected to get Butler back too. They, they, they traded the wrong guy for way too little. And uh, he is going to tear through this year. Look, Belichick I agree with said, you. I thought the I thought the Butler trade was like a foregone conclusion. I said, "Well, right. you're going to get a Butler, you're going to get Cooks." Too. And I think they thought that too. And and you know why would Belichick? The trade's already completed. Why would Belichick honor that? And there's I, I don't know if this has ever been like confirmed, but there's the, there's the story that when Bell, Bell when Bill Belichick traded for Randy Moss in the midst of Spygate, he said they're punishing me when it's criminal what the Raiders have done to Randy Moss's career, the way they misuse him. Um, Belichick, and we all know his tendency to find players offense or defense that he doesn't think are being used right and find the role for him, it usually clicks. Uh, and people have been saying that Belichick's been talking about how the Saints misused Brandon Cooks. So he's using the same quote to describe Randy Moss's situation in Oakland uh, to describe Brandon Cooks' situation in New Orleans. And remember, Randy Moss was bad in Oakland. He was bad. Like, he was a non-factor. Brandon Cooks was still a borderline all-pro in New Orleans. So imagine if a multiple thousand-yard receiver. Right. So imagine if Cooks makes the jump from New Orleans to New England that Moss made from Oakland to New England. Think about that. I mean, you have one of the best receivers in the league at that point. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. what you have. You have the best. You have the best. If he makes, if he makes, and he's not going to make that jump because it's unrealistic. But if he makes that jump, you're looking at an all-time season. I've already said. I, I think Tom Brady's going to throw. You know. 44, 43, 44 touchdown passes this year. Uh, I think that Brandon Cooks is one of the main reasons for that. I also think that Rob Gronkowski is actually fully healthy this year. I mean, they sat him down for the entire year. They got him on that TB12 diet. Hey, if it works, it works. You know, I mean, as long as it keeps his back sturdy and his knees fine, I mean, I'm all for it. But I think that that combination of Gronkowski and Cooks uh, together for, you know, 13, 14 games, which is obviously asking a lot of Gronk, but... I think that's how it's going to happen. Plus, you've got you know Edelman, Amendola, Chris Hogan, who we haven't even mentioned yet, Malcolm Mitchell, all these different guys. I mean, it, it is not ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that Tom Brady won't throw you know 44, 45 touchdown passes. I mean, he could come close to 50 this year. Oh no, he's going to flirt if, if everything goes right, and it's a big if. But if everything goes right, he'll flirt with it. If I'm Josh McDaniels, I don't run Gronk inside the numbers until the first playoff game. I keep him on the outside where he can catch the ball and get out of bounds. You have all these weapons. There's no need to put him in harm's way until you get to the postseason. There's no reason to. He should be at about 30 snaps a game to start the season. And then they, they, once, listen, once they, you get to the playoffs, you jack that up to about 50. I hope they did. They, they did it a little bit last year, a little bit, and then they started using him more and more, and it was too much. He got hurt. I think when you play those physical teams, not that they play this year, but when you play a, a team like Seattle, 20, 25 snaps for him, you know. You can win. and then if it gets close at the end, if you might lose, then you put him in. You play him more. There's no reason to to put him out there 40, 50 snaps a game, really against any divisional opponent at this point. Against the Chiefs, against the Chargers, no reason he needs to play that much. Those games should be in hand. He should be hanging out on the bench. You let Dwayne Allen go out there, and you let you know whoever the third tight end is, O'Shaughnessy, uh, Hollister, whoever, uh, Matt Langle go out there. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I definitely agree with your premise. I think that they should, you know, not play Gronk in games that don't matter and stuff like that. There also comes into the fact, you know, there could be, I don't know, his contract details or anything like that, but there could be incentives for a certain amount of playing time that he's going to want to hit or whatever. I don't know, but, I mean, I agree with your premise that he's you don't want him playing in those meaningless games. I totally so agree I, with you there. I believe when he just restructured his contract, the incentives is games played, not downs played. And I think that's why they did it like that. I, I'm not positive, but I believe that's the way they did it. Yeah, that would that would make sense for someone like Gronk. 
Um, all right, Alex. Well, before we get you out of here, uh, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady made more news again over the past uh, weekend and earlier this week uh, in terms of concussions. Uh, obviously, we remember Giselle went on TV a couple months ago and said, yeah, you know, Tom's had concussions, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, kind of said it nonchalantly on a talk show. Um, Tom Brady hasn't admitted that, you know, he's had concussions. He also hasn't called his wife a liar or anything like that. So um, I guess, so where do you stand on this? Because I tend to agree with him with Brady's explanation, which is, you know, it's my medical history. It's none of anybody's business and all that. Um, But there's all this talk saying, you know, Brady should admit that he had concussions if he did, because, you know, for the safety of the game and all this different, these these different things. Uh, Where do you stand on it? And how do you feel? I mean, it's the same old narrative. If it was Peyton Manning, we won't be having this conversation. ESPN's going after Brady again. It's not you and Bob, Bob Lee, what did he say? Of course it's our damn business. It's not ESPN's business whether Brady's had concussions. They're reporters, they're journalists, and I know those words don't mean much anymore, but if they want to go out, do the digging, and find out if Brady had concussions, I mean, they have every right to do that. That is their business. That is their job. Go dig, be a journalist, find the story, and report it. He doesn't have to tell you. That That is not what you should be expecting of him as a reporter. And, I mean, it's just on ESPN again. They, they just want the gotcha moment, you know? And I'm and not... Frankly, he's not going to he's not gonna admit it because, I mean, he's not going to do anybody any favors at this point. And it's, so it's, it's, bad, it's bad for his brand, for the TB12 brand, which is, you know, his focus right now, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, look, if ESPN comes out and said, we talked to the, this doctor and this source and this teammate who didn't want to be identified, and they said, we know he had concussions... I mean, that's, yeah, you're going to be pissed, but that's good reporting. You can't do anything about it. You can't just ask the subject straight up. You know, it's like a couple of years ago. Um, do you remember the play? I think it was his rookie year. His rookie year, second year, on a Monday night game against the Chiefs when Gronk caught that touchdown and, like, rolled backwards in the end zone. looked like he snapped his neck. Uh, they oh, asked yeah. him. Yep, the, yep. Right, and they, they asked him the next day. They kept asking, do you have a concussion? Do you have a concussion? Do you have a concussion? And he kept kind of shuffling to the side. And finally, he just says, look, two things. I don't have a concussion, and if I did, I wouldn't tell you guys. And I think that's kind of Brady's mentality with it. Because he doesn't, he doesn't want to get dragged into this. He doesn't want to be the face of the concussion issue. His whole thing when he gets out of football, he wants to promote you know, healthy lifestyles and how to take care of your body. He doesn't want to be attached to the concussion issue in the NFL. And if you think that you know, that's a character flaw for him because, oh, it's important kids know what the risks are, fine. You can think that. But ultimately, it's his decision whether he wants to tell people or not. There are people who want to go out and be the face of the concussion issue. They've done it. Look at Andrew Hawkins. Again, it's part of the reason he retired. Because right. he, he saw the study, was it BU, which, you know, was true, and there are issues, but was a little misleading. But, he, you know, he's a smart guy. And he said, I've made my money. I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to retire. That's, that's a personal choice. And ESPN trying to take that choice away from Tom Brady is wrong. I think Brady handled it fine. Uh, I don't even mind what Giselle did because she's promoting her brand and part of her brand is being married to Tom Brady. Part of like Brady's brand is being married to Giselle Bunchen. So I don't even have a problem with what she did. It's just ESPN trying to get in the middle of it. Like everything that's happened with the Patriots the last five years, they're just trying to turn, they're trying to make mountains out of molehills with this. A football player is a head injury. Shocker. Breaking news. Alert the presses. It's ridiculous. That's the thing. Is like, would anybody be shocked if he had a concussion? Of course not. Of course no, they I wouldn't mean, be shocked. No, we all know, but he's not going. It's stupid to think he would come out and say it. It's it's asinine. All right. Well, I think that's a good way to end it on that note. Uh, well, so uh, Alex Barth of the uh, CLNS Media Patriots pregame show. Check him out there. 
Uh, catch him on Twitter at the real Alex B. Uh, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you very much. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I want to once again thank our guest Alex Barth from CLNSmedia.com. You can give him a follow on Twitter at the real Alex B. You can also give us a follow at Patriots underscore Beat and at CLNS Media. And you can give my own personal account a follow at CLNS underscore Alonji. Uh, today's sponsors were ZipRecruiter and Blue Apron. Uh, for CLNS Media Executive Producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. I want to thank everyone once again who tuned in. My name is Michael Longi, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game, call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. <laughs>